Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL podcast, the free definitive guide to helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. Hi, I'm Gareth Court, here with Jess Macbeth. Hi, Jess. Hello. Hello. We are online safety consultants with the Southwest Good for Learning, or SWGFL for short, partner of the UK Safer Internet Centre. So welcome to this back to school podcast. Jess, what are we going to talk about today? <laughs> you made me laugh because <laughs> I'm thinking of Grange Hill. I suddenly had the little <laughs> thing, you know, and the sausage just comes down into the... Oh, sure should we, we should have got the sound sample. We could have played the theme tune, couldn't we? Yeah, <laughs> Anyway, could have totally on. lost half our audience who aren't old enough to remember it as well. <laughs> Sorry, people. Yes, I really am 32. Um, okay, back to school. What do staff need to consider? Um, so, of course, in Scotland, we have been back a while. We went back Yay! from the kind of 11th of August-ish in the few days following that. So, yes, I've been experiencing it already. Um, what, what Is it mean? nice to be able to hear yourself think again? Oh, I was at home on my own. It was unbelievable. Just me and the dog. I was like, this this is fantabulous. But you know, I'm yeah, yeah, okay. don't, don't rub it in. For, for, <laughs> at the time of this recording, some of us are still here with our children waiting, I, I waiting anxiously for the start of September. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. What do we need to know? So what have I experienced uh, in going back to school? Yes, I'm already getting contacts from schools. Uh, we're a week in as we record this. And um, so it, a bit, of, a bit of background, I suppose. In Scotland, there was, and certainly in my area, there was a, a, a tablet rollout for upper primary, the last the last two years of primary, and and the high school students. Um, so they all received their sort of technology, their devices for the first time just before uh, summer holidays started. So um, I'm already getting contacts from primaries where they're seeing issues um, in terms of kind of appropriate behaviour online and of course we similar to England have had big rollout of technology for vulnerable families etc so again um you know anticipating that all the kind of issues that you get around about where you throw technology into a situation where it wasn't there before um you know what what kind of comes out of that so yeah I think I think be prepared for that and of course the the interesting you know side from an online safety uh, consultant perspective is that you know we would normally be going into schools and, and providing support directly with with pupils and that's that's not something certainly that I, I kind of foresee for a while here anyway don't know I don't know about in other parts of the UK no no I think I think you're right apart from uh, a bit of staff insert training that I've got lined up I haven't got anything face to face physically with with children and young people 
um, well, for at least the next term. And I would, I kind of wouldn't expect to until uh, until 2021. Touch wood. Um, so yeah, that's that's really interesting though about the, the the tech rollout. So is that technology just to be used at school? Is that a case that they can take those devices home as well and use them in the home environment? So um, it's obviously local, different local authorities take different approaches. So my local local authority um, were providing devices for students to use at school but they can use them at home as well so they can use them for other purposes I mean it's going to vary isn't it depending on where it is in terms of uh, how it's managed for for the ones here it's going through the school network so uh, you know they can't just install any old app there's sort of filtering and monitoring about what they're what they're doing online etc but they can use it for personal purposes Great. So that that's that's a really interesting point. I think to start with, really about lockdown is, and you mentioned sort of the uh, the scheme in England to roll out technology to to vulnerable families that maybe don't have access to that that kind of stuff during lockdown. But but there's been a huge use of tech in the last few months, and a huge, as you said, a huge rollout of tech to to some people. Um, maybe kind of thrown in very very quickly without maybe all the thinking required behind it in terms of ensuring safeguarding and positive use i I think the examples you were just saying about primary schools and and um behavioral issues online really sort of points to the fact that that online safety education is probably more important now as we've gone through 2020 than i think it's ever been yeah i totally agree with that and i and again these kind of the so beyond the kind of school devices this wider rollout of of devices there have been differences in 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 different areas in terms of how like who owns the device and things like that so i'm aware of some projects where the device is still owned by say the local authority even though it's given to a vulnerable family it's essentially loaned to them and there's monitoring and then there's other projects i'm aware of where we are literally giving a device in the box there's no changes made to it and there's no expectation yeah. that it's given back so again what the support packages around that I think is really going to vary. So we might start to see some more of those wider issues coming. So not, not just about children, but, you know, families and, and vulnerable people online as well. Gosh, I'm being, wow. I like, wow, the tone has gone down. Well, let's, let's pick it back up then. Cause I think, I think that's a great place to start in terms of advice for, for people listening. Of If you're working face to face with children and young people, I think the first step is to, once you get back in the classroom and you, you start to establish those routines and, and understand this new normal in inverted commas that, that we all live in now. I think it's really important to sort of engage and talk about those experiences that they've had with technology over the last few months. Because some children, as we mentioned, you know, may, may be in a vulnerable situation where they haven't really had much access to technology during lockdown. Other children would have been much better connected and able to use it for schoolwork and entertainment and other things. But I think really important to, to kind of find out what your your learners' experiences are and also talk about the the important sort of positive things of it because actually we've seen during lockdown haven't we that that the internet has been an amazing really valuable tool for connecting us to information to work to people to entertainment I think we all would have suffered a heck of a lot more over lockdown if we hadn't had the internet so oh, so there were a lot of benefits there to talk about as oh, well totally. so, and, there and you are lift the, the, the mood in that out, terms it? yeah, yeah. Access. yes brilliant <laughs> we're all online fam fantabulous that's fantastic <laughs> so we know of course from various bits of research about what the potential impact is um for some young people right of 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 kind of being online and the, the increased risk in certain areas and we've, we've talked about some of these uh, in our other sessions haven't we in our other podcasts 
Yeah, yeah. So before this podcast, made a little list just just for us to kind of refer to, and and they are ones that we've actually done specific podcasts on during the lockdown period. So things like misinformation, which let's face it, has been rife for many years online, kind of ramped up a few notches in terms of things like um, COVID nineteen conspiracy theories, um, hate sort of certain forms of hate speech taking on misinformation other forms of misinformation kind of coming out of the woodwork during that time things like uh online scams which again we did a podcast on um and cyber criminals looking for ways to exploit people out of their their property their money or their information uh there's been news stories in the last couple of months about the the, the contact risks so um big children's charities in the uk such as the nspcc Indeed, the National Crime Agency themselves talking about um, concerns about the the levels of child sexual exploitation because children may have been using the internet more during lockdown and may have come into contact with with strangers who have uh, sought to exploit them or groom them in some way. And and clo- closer to home in our own organisation, uh, the Southwest Good for Learning, we've we've seen a, a rise in intimate image abuse. So our revenge porn helpline, um, at the time of recording this in August, has already surpassed its total number of cases from the previous year. It's already match that which is in some ways a great achievement but of course in other ways really really worrying because it means there have been a huge a huge number of cases that they've had to deal with of of uh people putting intimate images of others out there online in order to harass or upset them or damage their reputation and of course that is a criminal offense it is a very serious one it has huge impact on people's reputation and well-being so so interesting to see those kind of images uh, sorry those kind of issues ramp up during lockdown as well yeah, I know you kind of wonder because then there'll be a focus, won't there? And you know, schools will be focusing on, you know, support and and mental health and the kind of core topic areas and that whole issue of how do we how do we you know help pupils to catch up and assess where they're at, recognizing that sort of pastoral support as well. So it'll be you know it's, it, we will we will see, won't we, if um, kind of disclosures rise. Um, and what the sort of mental health impact is. Interestingly, I was talking to somebody the other day who um, uh, was worked in charity and was saying that um, from their perspective, the vulnerable young people that they worked with, lockdown was actually a positive thing because their particular young people they worked with were quite um, isolated normally anyway and struggled quite a bit with the fact that their friends were out and about and doing stuff and having fun and spending money and yeah. going places and and they couldn't do that so it was almost the opposite of what you think in terms of it was a more they felt more secure you know there was less going on it's like calming everything down so but again I don't know where the online aspect comes into that because do you move you know we, we know that you know that the, the the potential to contact people to move into um, inappropriate behavior online of course it all happens when when that's the only thing you can do yeah <laughs> you can't yeah. go out so you make contact with people online instead but I think it's so much bringing out this idea that we all have individual circumstances and so every person every family and every child experience of lockdown is going to be unique to them and there might well be loads of really po- you know great positives um or, or there might be some negatives it's wow it's, it's yeah a huge change Absolutely. I think I think particularly for young people and you add in all, all the factors that have been outside of their control the last few months, such as, you know, their, their parents working arrangements, you know, the people who have been furloughed, people who have obviously been made redundant, things, all those kind of worries and issues obviously factor into how children feel about the world as well. Never mind coronavirus and, and everything related to that, too. So yeah, it's yeah. it can be quite empowering, but for some children may have been 
quite a an anxious time as well because they they may have been accessing a lot of information about what's happening in the world and and a recognition of things that are outside of their control that obviously are directing are directly affecting their their health and well-being and they, they can't do much about it so that that is definitely something to consider yeah and I, I guess with younger sorry. children as well you know because of so many younger children will have been getting online socializing um in a, in a way that they wouldn't have done before so their kind of exposure to information is great yeah abs- absolutely so I, I guess this is the other key thing to recognize as a as an educator is when your students do come back to be with you full time in school is is to be really aware that you you may get disclosures a sudden uptick in disclosures you may suddenly spot things or hear things as you talk with children and work with children that give you uh concerns about about welfare or safeguarding so really important to follow all your school procedures in terms of logging safeguarding incidents and forwarding them to uh to those responsible for taking those forward if need be because uh you know we we maybe have had this bit of melting pot on in lockdown where you haven't been able to find out much about your students and their their mental health and well-being and those individual experiences that Jess said so there may suddenly be this hopefully not but this explosion of uh, this outpouring of disclosures and issues and, and things when they do come back to you face to face and it becomes apparent that that maybe something isn't quite the way it should be and again we did um as podcast we did during lockdown with uh prevent with the uh, head of prevent talking about that they're expecting to see an uptick in terms of uh referrals uh under under prevent and the channel strategy in terms of dealing with uh, radicalization because young people may well have been experiencing this and exposed to this during lockdown, but these things wouldn't have been fed back to school and therefore wouldn't have been reported to the police. So they're yeah. expecting to see a, a kind of a, an uptick in those as well from September onwards. So I think provided we're aware of that and we're expecting, you know, it's sort of plan for the plan for plan for the best, expect the worst is what they say, isn't it? So as long as you're kind of aware that could happen and if you follow your safeguarding procedures, and I think these are things that can be captured and dealt with very, very swiftly and in a positive way, but it is important to be aware. Uh, the other sort of angle I think that's interesting at the moment I'm I'm preparing some uh, there's a course I've been delivering for ages and I'm you know it's that time where I have to refresh the whole the whole thing needs looked at and I was talking about it with somebody yesterday and this idea of a professional online is really feels like this is an area that is growing and changing right now so you know you know that whole thing about um you know you, you don't you don't befriend uh somebody online you know in a, if in a personal capacity if your relationship is professional type thing you know that was always the 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 guidance and, and still is but we're now so much further on from that in terms of how you manage your identity online as a professional how you kind of post and and everything that you do online thinking about the impact on you um as a professional as well as personal um and how other people can influence your online reputation as well. My understanding is that Posh calls to Posh, the Professionals Online Safety Helpline. Did, did we see a dip in those um, from lockdown? I think we did, didn't we? Yeah. So again, so I did an interview with with Carmel from the helpline um, over lockdown, and and they were talking about um, literally the week after sort of lockdown started, calls about online reputation just dropped right off that's usually the one that they receive the most queries about that's right um and it became more about uh how how you conduct remote learning in a safe way and, and safeguarding issues around that but but online reputation for for staff hasn't really featured as a big deal for them for the calls they've received for a number of months now so it'd be interesting to see again once everyone's back in school and together <laughs> are they, are these... <laughs> well, i was being polite and diplomatic i think <laughs> it's 
it, interesting, maybe not the right word, but but again, something to be aware of is that is that these are online reputational issues kind of dropped off yeah. the chart a bit during lockdown. Once school communities are back together and the way that people gossip and talk about things, there is obviously a danger that these are going to ramp back up again. So so yeah, yeah so it from might our be, perspective, might be interesting to see how that develops. Mm, it might be a good idea to be doing a little bit of a a check on your online profiles just now, your privacy Absolutely. settings and what have you, before all the kids tumble back into school and then make merry (laughs) and and yeah i I mean i don't know but i would have thought if you've got a whole load of students particularly at secondary age and they're stuck at home and they're remote learning and they there might be a greater curiosity and more time on on their hands to go and google some teachers and try and find them on social media and look at their profiles and things than they would have had before there might be i don't know there might have been that idle curiosity there so so something Mm -hmm. to bear in mind is it's really important that as, as you said, just have all those privacy settings in. Make sure you're presenting the, the side of yourself professionally online that you want to. And if you're using it, obviously, for personal purposes, thinking about your, your privacy, so you do keep those things private. Yeah. What about the education side then? So if we're not getting into schools, say, directly, um, and there's real, I mean, there's there's difficulties about live engagement with young people, right? There's a whole load of safeguarding risks there. Um, so it's not something that I'm particularly planning to do um you know so so again this this sort of more of an onus on on teachers and educators to be using some of the materials that are out there to work with young people and have those those conversations about De- what they're doing online definitely and you, you'd hope for for people listening that online if you're listening to this podcast obviously you're interested in online safety so online safety hopefully is featuring somewhere in your teaching in in various aspects already but yeah i think it's really important to to ensure you've You've thought about what you're going to cover. My my gut feeling, and this is the the stance I'm taking for for stuff that I'm doing with staff and and indeed a few parents over the next term is is to tackle head on those issues that we've already mentioned that really came to prominence during lockdown. Because I think if you kind of talk about those ones first and make sure that children are firstly okay in terms of any experiences they've had around those, but also have the understanding and the skills to to talk, to deal with those. I think they're then well placed if, if God forbid, there is a, a second lockdown or second wave that leads to everyone being at home again. I know don't, I've jinxed it. Don't now. Say it. I know, but really, put you know, it's about being prepared, isn't it? And I think if you took my priorities would be about contact risks, about misinformation, about scams, kind of about the effect of using the internet and social media on mental health and well-being. Those would kind of be my priority areas to to educate my learners on to make sure they they are aware of those kind of issues so that if they do end up encountering those again in, in some kind of period of lockdown they might be in a slightly better place to to make choices and decisions that that safeguard themselves and others better i don't know yeah. what do you think well yeah and i mean again in scotland so at the, at the point of recording we are we are starting to hear reports of of pupils um uh, that have coronavirus so you know it's it's going to happen <laughs> doubtless, I don't know how it's going to work, but you know they'll doubtless be locked down in some shape or form in different places. Hopefully We're really jinxing it now, Jeff. So. Jeez, I know. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing, but obviously, I, I think this is we kind laugh. of a gallows humour kind of laugh, laughing. Yeah. Going. You, you you have, laugh. yeah, I think I think most people understand. I've spoken after, after then, many months. <laughs> yeah, but of course, that the other thing then is that takes you into this idea of blended learning and your mm. kind of backup plan, doesn't it? Mm, so uh, all of that um and we've we've just god we've learned so much haven't we over the last few months about online learning and online delivery and and all the rest of it so much better place now than we were back in march but nonetheless 
definitely. And we've we've got resources on the SWGFL website, swgfl.org.uk forward slash resources forward slash safe hyphen remote hyphen learning with some guidance that we put out a few months ago about about kind of how to do this and what to consider. Um, but I imagine many people listening will have already yeah, built up a bit of experience having actually had to do it over lockdown. So you might be in a better place, as we said, you know, God forbid you have to have to go into lockdown again. But if you're having to do blended learning or remote learning again in the future, you might be in a more experienced place and might do things differently. Actually, that's another point, of course, is where you might have now might be the time to be accessing some training or learning or whatever, practicing with maybe you know doing some work with your um, pupils. Now, you know, once you've got them face to face about um, what I'm trying to say here, learning anything you need to learn or practice anything you need to practice in case you need to go back to remote. Because it's yeah. that's one of the things, of course, that we did find was trying to teach somebody how to do something, <laughs> you know, technically, <laughs> practically, remotely uh, is, is a real challenge. So when, with these kind of laptop rollouts and, and tablet rollouts, of course, it, they don't come with somebody sitting alongside you saying, click here and, and press that there. You've got to, you know, and that's quite hard to do remotely on the phone or whatever. So that kind of thing as well is, is worth thinking it in advance of. Yeah, and I'm, I'm thinking for younger ones, and obviously you were saying about uh, um, primary and, and some of the behaviour things right at the start of the podcast. What a great opportunity once you're back in the classroom to talk about um, online etiquette in things like a Zoom call where there's lots of other people or if you're chatting in a in a small group. There's, there's great opportunities to kind of to talk about that if possible to even kind of showcase it even while children are in in the classroom together or or you can role play or you can do activities around yeah. it you can do scenarios i think it's a great opportunity to kind of mm-hmm. to engage with that because actually i think if you did that and you, you fitted it around okay so so what's a good way of making sure that you keep yourself safe and, and you're positive and respectful on a zoom call great opportunities there to get other online safety messages in to cover some of these other things too totally yes that's what we should be doing. <laughs> yeah, I see. The, the the other point I I had was um, give, given that we now many of us had this experience of of doing remote learning during the first period of lockdown. Really important to to have a look at your your settings, safeguarding policies and procedures, and if there is something in there that isn't clear related to the kind of things that can happen through blended or remote learning, is is to ask those questions of of colleagues of people responsible for for shaping and changing those policies work together as, as a setting or a school to to get those things in make sure you've covered all the bases so that if you do have to go down this route of learning again in the future in a, in a greater way you can be more confident that you're doing it in a, in a really safe and a positive way that protects not only your students but you as professionals as well so so do ask those questions if you feel there are gaps that is a great that's a great point because we did rush into doing things online just because we needed to you have to yeah, keep everything yeah. going straight away, but but we need to do that kind of catch up now on the the policies and procedures and crossing the T's and dotting the I's and making sure that we're all you know yeah properly set up. Definitely, and it, and it's not a blame game, and and not blaming anyone you know for having to rush into things the first time because as as you said, we had to move many of us very very quickly into an unprecedented situation, a territory you'd never explored before, ways of teaching and learning you'd never explored before. But I think, think having gone through it now, I think it's important to be really reflective as all good practitioners are and, and think about where those gaps are. And as you said, dot, dot the I's and cross the T's. Mm-hmm. Lots of things to think about. God, never, never mind actually, you know, teaching the curriculum and social distancing <laughs> in the classroom and making sure that, you, you know, you deal with coronavirus spreads. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's a it's a huge ask. We totally appreciate, it, but but huge respect to everyone who's been working in schools 
since all of this came up in 2020 and throughout um you know you will be doing a fantastic job and i've got no doubt that that schools will be really welcoming and positive places for children uh, both already in scotland but also in other parts of the country from september onwards as well so that's what we want mm-hmm. <laughs> oh anything else to add i think we've covered a, an awful lot actually i don't think so no i think there's cool. it's a suck it and see isn't it really yeah yeah yeah, but, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah. Go forward, be brave, be positive. How about that? <laughs> I love that motto. You're going to put that at the bottom of your emails. <laughs> yeah, 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 I might do. Yeah, I might get, I get emblazoned on a polo shirt or something. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> that sounds like, with that fantastic motto that I literally yeah. just thought up on the spot, that sounds like a good place to finish up. But before we do finish, if you do have a question or issue you'd like to uh, us to discuss on a future podcast, please do get in touch by emailing podcast at swgfl.org.uk. And we haven't done one of these for a while, Jess, but a, a recommendation of something to read, watch or listen to. Oh, yes. Um, well, this week... Uh... So what I've got this week for you is not a leisure activity. It's actually a learning activity, which I've been very impressed by. Uh, as you know, I'm I'm interested in the whole misinformation, disinformation landscape. And there's a, an amazing organization called First Draft. Um, the website is firstdraftnews.org. Um, and they're all about um, working in this space and supporting quality journalism and all that kind of stuff. But they have this really cool little... Um, training course and it's sms it's text message training course so basically you sign up for it. it's free you sign up for it and you get one text a day just for 14 days so the same time every day you get a text message and it's all about uh, misinformation so it'll have a, it'll have like a theme for that text for that day and a couple of links maybe a video to watch it's really cool and it introduces a concept of pre-bunking which I don't if you had you heard of pre-bunking before, Gary? I haven't, no. What's pre-bunking? Oh, yeah, you see something new. Pre-bunking is um so debunking is obviously, you know, is is sorting something out after it's after it's happened, working uh, out that yeah. what, right. okay, So pre-bunking is being prepared. So basically the essence of it is, and you'll find out all about this if you do the course. The essence is uh, you know, if there are some, you know, major things on the horizon, certain decisions being made or political activities or whatever like that, then you can probably guarantee there's going to be some misinformation and disinformation around about those. Um, so it's like thinking ahead and thinking, what what's the likely thing to happen? Because it's this idea of kind of forewarned is forearmed, you know, so that you're less likely to fall for something because you're already expecting that kind of content. I'm, I'm not making this sound very clear. Anyway, that's just one of the topics that they cover. So if you go to firstdraftnews.org and then if you click on the search uh, icon and just search for SMS and you'll see the, the course, it's called Introduction, an SMS course to prepare for US election misinformation. But it's not specific to the US. It's just a, it's just a great little course. Really, really, really impressed by it. Fantastic. Yeah, so I only heard about this organization very recently, actually, and I, I need to sign up to the course because it sounds great. But I, I love that idea of, of delivering that bite-sized information. And again, yeah, probably probably yeah. stuff that you can pass on to your learners and say, look, this is this is the text message I received today about misinformation. What do you think about this? That's yeah, a great well, it, I mean, it's, it would certainly work for kind of older students as well. You know, so for for high school or in or in college, um, I'd have to go back and have a look at all the content. But it's certainly possible that it might be one that'd be relevant for them to do as well. But all these new ways of delivering learning, I think, are, is pretty cool. So that's my one. Anyway, what do you have to recommend? 
Great recommendation. Thank you. So my one actually fits in quite nicely to that. Some practical examples to go along with that. So so I watched, off the recommendation of someone, I watched uh, Trump in Tweets, which is on BBC iPlayer. I think it's there for about the next 10 months or so. So you've got plenty of time to watch it throughout 2020 and 2021. And it um, it's like a BBC Three documentary thing. And they, it charts uh, the use of Donald Trump's Twitter, personal Twitter account, since its inception back in like, I don't know, it was 2009 or something, all the way through to, to present day in 2020. Um, and it's, ooh, it's like 70 minutes long, but it's a roller coaster of emotions. I, uh, I laughed out loud, not necessarily, there is humor in there, but I, I was laughing out loud at the sheer absurdity of some of the things that I, I saw displayed on the screen. I uh, bit my nails in sort of anxious <laughs> worry about some of the things I saw. It's, uh, it's, it, it does take you on a bit of an interesting roller coaster of emotions, but it is a fascinating look at how something as simple as, as tweets can be used um, to, to market yourself. Um, as a political weapon to spread misinformation or disinformation. Uh, absolutely fascinating. And, you know, obviously, I'm sure we're all aware of stories over the last few years that, that have involved uh, tweets from Donald Trump. But it but it kind of compressing it all into 70 minutes and having interviews with people who actually worked with him as press secretaries and things like that throughout his uh, his um, presidency since 2016. It, it's, it's kind of fascinating to see how it all fits together. So, yeah, wow. very interesting watch. And in the current climate, of course, it's this question of does Trump need Twitter or does Twitter need Trump? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's oh. a question for a completely separate podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just throw that one in there. Uh, wow, great. I will I will have a look at that. Thank you very much, Gareth. Definitely. No, thank you. And thank you to everyone for listening to this SWGFL podcast. If you found our podcast helpful, please do spread the word to your fellow educators. This free podcast is available on most casting apps. Remember, as always, if you have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person, yourself or your organisation, you can contact our professionals online safety helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk or by giving them a call on 0344 381 4772. And as we said before, if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast, don't forget to email us at podcast at swgfl.org.uk. Remember, a better internet starts with you. Goodbye for now. We hope you join us next time. Thank you. This Safeguarding Children online podcast has been produced by SWGFL. Southwest Grid for Learning is a charity that has specialised in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.